WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child's Advocates. Your voice, their future, on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Thursday, September the 21st, and happy birthday, Gwendolyn Lynette. On the show today, uh, we're going to talk sports in our second hour with our sports guy that we haven't heard from for a while, uh, Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder. We're going to talk sports second hour. Also in our second hour, uh, you know we're from Wish TV and as the co-host of Wish TV's All Indiana and the co-anchor of News 8 at 6 and uh, 10 p.m. Well, sadly, award-winning journalist Alexis Rogers is leaving soon, but she's going to an exciting career move and will continue her uh, career elsewhere. But she's planning on leaving something behind before she goes, Um, something she's hoping will be a lasting legacy here uh, in the community. Again, uh, Wish TV's Alexis Rogers and the recorders Danny Bridges all coming up in our second hour right now. Lines are open, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Again, the lines are open. Uh, so open lines right now, plus um, you know, we're going to need your questions for our upcoming Hogsett Shreve debate. We need your questions for our upcoming Hogsett Shreve debate. Um, as we've been sharing, Democratic mayor and incumbent Joe Hogsett and his GOP challenger, Jefferson Shreve, are going to square off um, on October 8th, 5 p.m., right here in our studios, uh, Radio One Studios, in a live debate uh, that's coming up. And it's going to be broadcast, of course, right here on uh, WTLC uh, AM 1310 and WTLC FM, uh, as well as live streamed on the Indianapolis Recorders uh, website and their YouTube channel. So we need to hear from you as to what questions you would like moderators Cameron Riddle and Oshia Boyd to ask the candidates as part of the debate because the majority of the questions we are told and we understand that to be completely correct a lot of the questions uh, that are going to be asked uh, during this broadcast are going to come from you are going to come from you the listeners are going to come from you the community but we got to get them from you first before we can pass them along. So I've set aside some time during the show today because we have a short window in order to gather and get the questions processed and and sent on to the debate committee. So we've got a really short window. So I expanded my open lines window uh, today to gather some questions that you would like to have on the debate stage when the debate comes up uh, here at Radio 1 um, on October 8th at 5 p.m. What questions would you like to see asked of candidates Joe Hogsett and Jefferson Street? 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. If you would like to submit your question to the candidates uh, during this upcoming debate, uh, please call it in now. If you would like your question uh, for the debate, please call it in now. This is a great opportunity um, to get your questions uh, asked and get them uh, right there on the debate stage, 317-239-1310. Or if you are not in a position to be able to call in your question 
um, email it to me. Uh, my email address is right there, you know, on the website, tcosby at radio dash one dot com. One spelled out O N E, tcosby at radio dash one O N E dot com. Um, uh, and to give you an example, uh, like I was saying, and, and by, you know, by all means, uh, you know, call in. You can call them in or you can text, you know, or you can email them in. We don't, I don't have a text, but you can email them in. And uh, some of the stuff uh, that uh, we probably are going to be hearing about, because so many of you are concerned about crime, uh, you're concerned about education, um, and you're concerned about employment, uh, you know, jobs and job opportunities here in the city of Indianapolis. And the the interesting thing, or the good thing, the very good thing about uh, this particular debate is that the questions are going to be uh, based on questions of interest to the African American community, um, solely based in our our community. So questions that impact and affect us and our uh, community, and and one of the bigger questions. Um, uh, okay, say for instance, I've already got one that I'm going to submit, and it was it was kind of. It wasn't a well. It was a question because um, Attorney Rod Bohannon with the NAACP uh, called in, and he and Dion were having a conversation. And Attorney Bohannon was saying that he would like uh, to ask the mayor, "Why do you continue to allow the establishment of charter schools?" That's the question att Attorney Bohannon uh, would like uh, ask. Um, I would probably phrase that question all this way because that's a good question. That's a good question. So I might phrase that question. Um, uh, there are 100, you know, something like there's 120 charter schools in the state of Indiana, 120 in the state of Indiana. 62 of those charter schools that are in the state of Indiana are in Indianapolis. 120 charter schools throughout the entire 92-county state 62 of those are in Indianapolis. That's more than half of the state's charter school population. They're right here. Given the proliferation of charter schools here and given the fact that there are many that are either many that are either closing or underperforming, if elected, would you be willing to use the office of the mayor to put a moratorium? Would you be willing to use the office of the mayor to put a moratorium on the establishment of more charters in Indianapolis? That you know, that would be the a way that you could uh, stretch that question uh, from just the mayor to to both of them. You know, what would you do? Mayor, would you do this? And, and you know, uh, candidate Shreve, would you do that? Or it could be just um, uh, Attorney Bohannon's question, uh, Mayor, why do you continue to allow the establishment of charter schools? It could be that. So one of the questions has already come in. One of the questions um, has already come in. But you may have other questions you would like to see on the debate stage. And right now, we have the time to get those in and get them written up and get them compiled. We want to compile as many uh, from this show today uh, as we can. Um, again, some questions called into the show and or emailed in will be asked of the candidate live on that debate stage by our debate moderators, uh, Cameron Riddle and Oshia Boyd. Uh, the debate, as you know, as I was saying earlier, is coming up October 8th and is going to be broadcast live on WTLC AM and FM, live streamed on the Indianapolis Recorders Facebook page and YouTube channels. So, 317, I need your, we need your questions um, if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to put those on the debate stage and want to, you know, you probably got a really good chance of getting those um, uh, uh, on the debate stage and uh, as part of the program. What questions would you ask of the candidates? 
317-239-1310. If you want to submit your questions for debate consideration, we are taking them now. Um, 317-239-1310. Mike, go ahead. Mayoral debate question. What's your question? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get this situated so that I can uh, list them because I had it and it just went away. Just went away. Anyway, uh, yeah, Mike, what is uh, what is your question? Tina, uh-huh. my question uh, to the mayor, uh, to the mayor, and to the candidate, I would like uh, for you to ask, uh, what are their plans of the growth uh, trafficking of the cartel here in this city? If you have, uh, if you go back and do your research for the past three months and uh, seen how many drug busts was uh, cartel uh, related and all this fentanyl popping up and uh, over $500,000 being seized and over 33 uh, weapons in one spot, this is just in one spot. The dog fight that uh, busted that just took place a week or two ago, uh, that's cartel related. So okay, has that been established that that is, or is that just what you're hearing? No, ma'am, that's, that's, that, that has been established. That's been established. Okay, it's, I had not it's heard. Been, it's, been, it's been established along with the uh, Southern uh, Attorney General because uh, it, was, it was the Attorney General along with the FBI, the DEA, and the uh, state police. But I want to know what the city plan is, you know. What would be the mayor's plan as well to uh, get these drugs and these guns off our streets? Okay, drugs and guns. Yeah, um, I know that they said that the dogfighting ring was related to weapons and drugs. Um, I just hadn't heard the word cartel, but, you know, perhaps. But, uh, yeah, well, see, uh, he was... Uh, personally bringing drugs from Mexico from the cartel up here. Who was? The guy that they're looking for now. The guy that they're looking for now that's also uh, is a murder suspect that was running the game. Wait a minute. The guy that was named as a suspect in the dogfighting case? Yes, ma'am. So you're not yes, talking ma'am. about the guy that the sheriff's department is looking for now, the suspected murderer? No, I'm not talking about okay. him. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about him. But this was just a couple of weeks ago that was yeah. uh, aired across the airways. Um, I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. So, and so in the long in that household, they, there was like 38, 38 firearms. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. So, so the cartel has a, they have a strong presence here in not only in the city of Indianapolis, but in the state of Indiana. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of this killing and a lot of this shooting, I talked about this before, you know, when you have bodies, uh, just, you know, rapidly, uh, winding up being dropped off on the streets. And, uh, just last week, uh, Friday, three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, guys jumping out of cars and masks, shooting at a guy. He's returned to fire, broad daylight, 38th and Midhoffer. 
You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a lot more that's going on. And let I, me you know, let me ask you a question. What would you think that a mayor of a city could do? What would I think that a mayor uh-huh. of a city could do? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna submit the question, uh, okay. but I'm, uh, yeah. I, I I think of. <laughs> I think at, at this point you do roll, you, you do you do roadblocks. You you set up different points, different times. Uh, make sure people license and uh, registration, please. You know you do variety uh, uh, checkpoints. You get back to the old school of policing. You know when you got a bunch of dogs running around in the city, you know you call a dog catcher. You know, when you got a bunch of criminals running loose in the city, you know, you have to take extreme measures because uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, shots being fired in open broad daylight, you know, an innocent child, anyone could have got struck and thank God nobody did. But this is what's happening in our city, and it's no joking matter, and we need to stop acting like it's just, it's just normal. We need to stop acting like it's a normal day in the city of Indianapolis, or otherwise it's just going to continue to flow and flow out of control. Hmm. Yeah, very well could. So, Mike, um, your question is, uh, what are your plans uh, to stem the growing tide of uh, drug trafficking and the growing presence of the cartel here in the city of Indianapolis? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I got it. All righty. Thank you, Thank Mike. You, All right. Thank you. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. We need your questions for the debate stage. As you very well know, we've let everybody know uh, we are going to be hosting uh, the debate, uh, the mayoral debate between Jefferson Shreve and uh, Joe Hogsett, October 8th, 5 p.m., um, and many of the questions, a number of the questions are going to come from you, the community, you, the listener. And um, we just have to get the questions compiled and sent in to the debate committee uh, quite soon. Uh, as you can well imagine, there may be, I'm sure they're, they're collecting questions from other sources, but I wanted to make sure the Community Connection um, listening audience got a chance to get their questions into the pool as well. So if you have a question that you would like to see on the debate stage, you would like to see uh, Mayor Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve answer during a debate um, that you would like to see our moderators, Cameron Riddle and Oshia Boyd, ask of the candidates, uh, call it in now. Give us a call. We need your questions, 317-239-1310, or you can email them, uh, tcosby at radio-1.com. Let's see. Uh, Pierre, go ahead. How are you? Well, good afternoon, Tita. Real quickly, uh, the question I would ask uh, both mayors uh, and the candidate, um, is Indianapolis uh, a sanctuary city? And what's their plan uh, to clean up downtown Indianapolis? Hold on, hold on. That's two, oh, that's two questions. Is Indianapolis yeah. a sanctuary city? That should be, what it, well, do you know whether it is or not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it is or not. I don't think it should be, but I want to know what they say. And uh, and what's their plan to uh, clean up um, downtown Indianapolis? Uh, what do you mean clean? To clean up in terms of what? 
uh, clean up in terms of uh, folks sleeping in uh, the doorways downtown, folk hanging out. And, so you're talking about what are your plans to deal with the yeah, homeless population? Not necessarily, okay. because cleaning up, you know, in a lot of ways entails vagrancy. picking up trash. You're talking about the homeless population, right? Yeah, vagrancy. So what are your plans uh, to address the homelessness in downtown? Yeah, yeah okay. you know, that, that type of thing. Um, Cincinnati had a plan, and they did a pretty good job, uh, and they helped take care of the people who were uh, out on the street. Uh, what's uh, what's Indianapolis's plan, and what's uh, what's Sheree's plan for uh, doing that? Thank you for taking my call. All right, thank you, Pierre. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. We are asking for your questions. We are asking for your questions uh, to be submitted um, for the debate that's coming up uh, October eighth to be broadcast right here at the studio, the stations of Indianapolis uh, Radio One, Indianapolis, uh, the mayoral debate, and um, the questions are going to come from you. The questions are going to come from you, members of the community, uh, and that is that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we are gathering them now. Uh, the questions won't be called in live, but we can take them live today uh, and get them uh, compiled and forwarded to the debate committee. So um, if you would like your question to be considered for inclusion of that debate that we are hosting, please send it in or call it in right now. You can call it in right now. 317-239-1310, uh, we're going to take, uh, take the calls uh, and take your questions, and we're going to write them down. We're going to submit all of them. Um, Right now, though, real quickly, uh, we have a couple of Circle City Classic tickets to give away. Um, all you have to do is text the word "classic" to the number three seven eight nine zero. Again, text "classic" to the number three seven eight nine zero. That gets you, if you're chosen, and if you win, that'll get you two tickets to the Circle City Classic football game coming up this Saturday, Lucas Oil Stadium, three o'clock, Mississippi Valley State University and North Carolina Central University. Again, three p.m. Tickets for the Classic are on sale at Ticketmaster.com and the Lucas Oil Box Office. Your opportunity to get free tickets is now. If you just text the word uh, CLASSIC37890 uh, if you'd like to uh, have your opportunity to win a pair of free tickets to this Saturday's Circle City Classic uh, football game. 317-239-1310 317-239-1310 Right now we're asking you for your questions you would like submitted on the debate stage. Uh, 317-239-1310. We're going to get to as many as we possibly can. Um, anonymous, number one, go ahead. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I have a question, and this is, uh, I don't know if it's called verbatim, but if you, this is the question, if you could build up the community in Indianapolis, would, be, would it be the downtown area? Or would it be neighborhoods that are in blight or need help uh, fighting crime or uh, better building uh, businesses in the area? And they can't say both. Mm -hmm. So if you could build up Indianapolis, would you start downtown? No, would it be the downtown area? Would it be? The downtown area are communities in the city of Indianapolis that have blight, don't have access to food, or don't have access to health care. 
in their neighborhoods. Don't there's no grocery stores, and you can't say both. Light, no food access. And cannot say both. Cannot say both. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay, thank um, you. All righty. Thank you. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. What would you like uh, for your question to be for the debate stage? We are compiling them. We're collecting them. And we are going to be forwarding them within the next 24 hours or so. So I'm giving you time uh, to get your questions in. Um, said, you know, we've cleared away some time for that. And I'm glad I was able to do so today. And I'm glad you all are calling in with your questions. And every single one of them has been a good one. So um, I don't know how they're going to choose which one uh, or which ones. But hopefully we can get as many of these in as possible. Uh, during that one-hour debate uh, that's going to be taking place uh, right here at Indianapolis Stations of Radio 1, right here um, Sunday evening, October 8th, uh, starting at 5 p.m. 317-239-1310, Anonymous number two, go ahead. How are you? Yes, Ken. I'm glad you're doing this this afternoon. I think it's something that's needed in our community, Uh these questions that have to be asked. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, I'm concerned about the food deserts in our community. I did go through the area, the meadows, and they have a Safeway, which I believe that the mayor um, was very concerned about them doing, and so it was done. Mm-hmm. But my question is, further to the east, what are they going to do about the food desert? Um, will they be using some of the, our tax dollars to um, put in some grocery stores or other types of stores in order for our communities, the black and brown communities especially, to get the get their needs, <clears throat> excuse me, to get their needs met. Okay. Uh, to get grocery stores. Further east. Mm-hmm. What's the closest ones that, that you're in these areas? What are the closest? How far away are they? Like three miles, four miles? Um, I'm not even certain. I just know that there's one, those roads are so tore up through that area right now that I didn't go that far to actually detect where they were. I just Mm. know that in that area, people are suffering, um, because they don't have grocery stores, brick and mortar stores that they can walk in Mm -hmm. to have their family's needs addressed. Mm -hmm. But I did, it's past Keystone, um, but I did notice the Safeway that's in the Meadows area, and that, to me, that's fantastic. And they also have a Dollar General store in that area. But they need another Safeway or they need something different in that area so people can just walk into a store and get what they need for the family. Because with the different health concerns that we have in our community, there are different needs that need to be met. Yeah, indeed. And there's no doubt about that whatsoever. No doubt about that whatsoever. Thank you. Thank you. I'll get that question uh, recorded as well. These are great questions, and I'm glad to be able to submit a a list uh, that is is compiling very quickly right here. This is great. Um, And, you know, we certainly will have enough... um, you know, enough questions to, to, to pull from for our moderators, uh, Cameron and Oshia. 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Your questions for the debate stage that's coming up between uh, Mayor Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve. We want to know what they are. 
what would you like to hear uh, asked uh, on that debate stage? Uh, we are collecting um, your questions uh, for, uh, you know, to forward them to the debate committee. And we need to do that. We want to do that very early on so we can get them, uh, get them in there and get as many as possible. Uh, we're going to take a quick, quick, quick commercial break right here. But if you're on the phone, stay right there because we want your question and we want to get them all recorded. So stay right there. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. Um, later this evening, actually just a couple of hours from now, we still got our music going. Yeah, let's listen. There we go. There we go. Just a couple of hours from now, 6 o'clock this evening, uh, a, co- a community-wide discussion um, with uh, some of the top um, names in education around the city are, will, will get underway. Um, and the discussion is going to be regarding the educational disparity in the achievement gap. Uh, here now to tell us more about it uh, is Tim Brown. Brown, uh, principal with Crossroads Public Relations, and uh, Mayette Lands, executive director and founder of the Rooted School, which is where this conversation is going to take place. Tim, Mayette, uh, thank you so much for being with us um, and for squeezing us in because I know you're very busy because everything's going to kick off at six o'clock. <laughs> six o'clock. Tonight. Thank you for thank you for having us, Tina. Um, it's it's great to be on your show again, and we just wanted to tell you about this, tonight's event. Um, it's going to be at the Rooted School at 6, 6 p.m., mm-hmm. uh, and we are going to have our third of a four-part series on community connections dealing with the disparity and the achievement gap. And, uh, you know, we have uh, we have two of our IPS stu- uh, superintendents, um, excuse me, excuse me, um, township superintendents, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Sean Dr. Smith uh, from uh, Lawrence Township and Dr. Larry Young, superintendent of Pike Township, mm-hmm. will also have Patrick Jones, uh, senior vice president for the Mind Trust, and then we'll have Dr. Tambor Jackson, who's the dean of of the uh, IU School of Education, and um, we'll have Dr. Patricia Payne, who's the director of uh, is a director at IPS. Uh, of equity and inclusion. So uh, we're ready to have a, a, a great conversation. And uh, Maya, uh, Maya, Mayotte, excuse me, is going to tell us a little bit more about uh, a special panel that we're going to have um, this, e- this evening. Yeah, go ahead. How are you, Maya? Welcome back. Haven't had you here for a while. Um, yes, <laughs> nice, to, nice to be back. So we're excited to really have um, a panel of high school students that's going to represent uh, traditional public schools, uh, township, and charter schools. And we believe um, it's so important for us to have uh, people who are closest to the work and most impacted and affected by the work um, to hear their voices and to gain this public knowledge. So we'll have a panel from the students, and then also we'll be able to hear from the community again, just gathering the public knowledge that we'll be able to use to hopefully uh, get something out of it that's going to impact local and state policy to help our African-American males in closing this education achievement gap. So what is it that we do need to know about uh, disparities in the achievement gap, uh, especially in our community? What, 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 do you need, what is it that, we, that is so urgent for us to know? Well, you know, Absolutely. I mean, it, it's been a historic problem mm-hmm. overall. And then with the impacts of COVID, um, that disparity has has grown even more. Um, you know, if you're looking at the uh, Fairbanks Foundation report, um, it listed that Washington Township 
had the largest achievement gap of about uh, of the eleven school districts mm-hmm. at about forty six point eight percent. But uh, you know, we're we're looking at different suggestions such as looking at the school funding formula for to differentiate state funding uh, for those those districts that are. Uh, are ill-equipped to collect additional ca- uh, uh, taxes, you know, because lower in- lower income communities are not able to collect as much taxes as higher as higher income uh, communities. I mean, so we're trying to find those solutions that can be innovative, so that we can get the resources to the areas that need it the most. And I, I'm sure I might not have some more. Yeah, um, absolutely. When we look at the school level as well, we see that there's large disparities for African-American males um, in suspensions and academics um, and just opportunity and access. And when we really look at suspensions, we know if kids are not in school, they can't learn. And so there's already that disparity. So, again, just really interested to hear from the student panel about why they believe, you know, those disparities are there so that we can gain some some more knowledge from them. So um, this conversation is taking place open to the public or do you have to register? I mean, how how does it how does it go about? I mean, can anybody just come in? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it, it is open to the public. We ask that uh, the public register RSVP at the uh, IndyCam.org website. Um, that would be great. So we can just have a, a head count of, of how many people we're, that's going to be attending. Um, but that's all you have to do. Sign up and um, get ready to have a, a, a great discussion. And so the, the, the results of this discussion, you say, are shared and forwarded where? Um, so we we keep all the results of the of, of all of the community uh, connections community conversations on the Indianapolis Commission on African American Males uh, website, and then what we what we plan on doing after our our fourth event, which is happening on November 18th, we will compile a report to present to the Mary um, the Marion County City County Council with recommendations from the community and those subject matter experts. And then hopefully we can get some policies that are in those four categories that we've, we've discussed over the year um, that we can actually help our community and, and change some of these outcomes for African-American males. You, you just have some very impressive, um, uh, yeah, you just have some, the, the panel that you have is so impressive and like you say, so diverse, uh, not to mention the, what it sounds like is an impressive and diverse uh, student. Uh, student panel. Does the uh, does, does the conversation that the um, the professionals have differ greatly from what you what you've been able to, to to gather? Do you are you expecting it to differ greatly from what the students are saying, or or what what do you think might happen there? Well, well, we we definitely think there there are going to be some differences, but mm-hmm. so many times we try to create policies without getting any input from people that affect that are affected the most yeah yeah. and uh that are closest to the issue and so we think that having that additional insight as opposed in addition to the community at large and our other uh you you know educators that are in the room we think that that's going to actually shape the conversation and probably a, a more of a a unique fashion than we've ever had at any of our other 
uh, community conversation. So we're excited to, to see this happen. Well, I, I'm excited for you to have the conversation. And, and just based on the interest from those who call the show, uh, education, educational disparities, achievement, all of those subject uh, matters are of, of great interest and importance to so many people in the community. So thank you all for having this very important discussion. And, and hopefully um, you'll get a lot of folks there and a lot of input. We, we certainly hope so. If, if someone wants to participate and still, you know, plans to go after just hearing it just now, uh, again, let us know where it is, how they can do it, and, and all of the particulars. Sure. Just uh, uh, find us on the uh, Indianapolis Commission on African American Males website, which is, which is www.indycam.org, mm-hmm. and just uh, RSVP, and we will see you there for a great discussion and uh, hopefully we, we can uh, meet with you after all of these are wrapped up and, and uh, yeah. give you a little insight to our findings. Yeah, we definitely want that gap bridge, though. So, uh, Keith, y'all talk good. <laughs> you all talk. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And, just, Maya, th- and, and, and Tim, both of you, thank you so much for coming on. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have a successful event this evening. Hey, thanks again. Thank and uh, it's so always much. a pleasure to come on. All right, I appreciate you. And again, um, that is coming up tonight um, at the uh, at the Rooted School, starting at six, um, fifty seven thirty East Thirtieth Street. Um, this is uh, this is very important. The, the fact that we're even talking about a gap, I mean, I know the numbers are are important, and but the fact that there a, a gap exists, uh, that's that's all we need to know, and we need to close it. Um, you know, the specifics, uh, the particular numbers um, are important, but the fact that a gap uh, a disparity and an achievement gap exist uh, is something we certainly need to address. And I, I, I'm so grateful that uh, this panel and the student panel and and, and everyone involved uh, is going to be addressing this uh, this evening. Uh, 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. We're continuing uh, gathering your questions for the mayoral debate. Uh, I believe, Mac, you've been holding. Go ahead. How are you? I'm fine, Tina. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, I have a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. The first one is, what are your plans to do with the Oak Tree, former Oak Tree apartment property on 42nd and Post? Okay, hold on. Hasn't that been developed? I mean, there was some... Okay, former Oak Tree They've had apartment. several... Uh, public hearings and everything on it and gotten input from the people in the community but they're still just mowing the grass over there and that's all at 42nd and post you say yes yeah that was uh there was a lot of uh, a lot of excitement around some of the plans for that and i you're right i haven't heard much lately no okay so the oak tree apartment complex 42nd and post okay and the other and the other one is, is uh, you know, we had an inmate that was released uh, improperly from the Justice Center mm-hmm. over a week ago. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, over a week before they made the citizen of Indiana, of, well, of Indianapolis, aware of this. Absolutely. <laughs> so my question would be, as mayor of the city... If this happened again, what action would you take against the sheriff for 
the inappropriate action because two sub uh, subordinates have been fired because of their actions, but no one is holding the sheriff responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the sheriff's had his uh, share of problems, not, you know, notwithstanding yeah. that, that, that murder uh, of, of a murder suspect that, uh, you know, just, just killed one of his deputies. Uh, yes. With the thing. So what actions would you take against the sheriff? Uh, uh, yeah, they've, you know, they've got a play full against the sheriff for delaying the uh, news. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when that uh, inmate escaped up there in Pennsylvania, you know, for 10 or 12 days, they had three to sometimes 500 officers looking for that. Yeah, I, I just don't get that. I don't get the logic that we kept it quiet so that he would feel comfortable. And not, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they there looks like there might be some activity somewhere uh, outside of a hotel. I'm just reading on social media uh, that they may have him cornered um, at a, uh, let me see. But uh, be that as it may, though, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yes. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Marion County Sheriff's may have... Uh, there's a travel in on the south side, I guess it looks at US 31 and Thompson Road. Something's going on down there. I don't know that that's it, but, you know, they may have, yeah, yeah it may not they've be. Already, they've already arrested his girlfriend. Yeah, I, I, yeah. They were, they yeah, were that tracking was her and everything, you know, they put the people in the community at risk. Yeah. And so, you know, we had uh, the Black Ministers Alliance and some mm-hmm. other organization to, to come and uh, have a news conference and request that the chief of police would resign. So how, why haven't they come and asked that the sheriff would resign for his actions? Oh, I think they're, I think yeah, the only thing I can think of is that they're just shaking it out to see who did what and who's responsible for what. But I would, I would agree. I would agree. Yes. Uh, there, there, I mean, there has to be serious questions asked because I'm sorry, the, the logic just doesn't add up to me. Now, if there's more to it that, that I don't know about, I'm open to that. But I see no logic whatsoever. Uh, and withholding information from the public, if you're supposed to be public safety uh, experts and public safety professionals, why would you withhold crucial information from the public uh, that a, a suspected murderer is now in our midst uh, and why and was yeah. you know mistakenly released? I just don't get that. I just don't get it. But you know, like I said, I'm open. I'm open to hear what they have to say. So we'll find out, I guess, more in the coming days. But that's a good question, Mac, and I will certainly put that on the list. All right. Thank you very much. All right. You have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Uh, William, go ahead. How are you? Uh, how are you doing, Miss Tina and James? Uh, James isn't here. To, what oh, is today? Okay. Thursday. Oh, yeah. James might. James is probably going to be. William, you made me think. <laughs> uh, James will be here tomorrow. Today is okay. Thursday. Today is Thursday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a question for the mail concerning the teenage years. Uh, the games, I noticed back in the 80s, it's going back to ancient history, uh, when the young people had baseball diamonds and basketball courts and, and a lot of activities that they had going on in the city. And it kept them out of that. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering how, what the males were going to do to reestablish their activities for the teenagers 
Because I also want to know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me get this this one. Um, so what will the mayor? Well, as mayor, what would you do to reestablish uh, 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 more activities for teenagers? Right. Okay. And I also want to know uh, the training aspect for the for the young people. Uh, like the we we are entering into the age of electric cars, and there's going to be a lot of uh, technical uh, needs for people that know how to deal with the batteries and the computers and, mm-hmm. and all of the other things. I was just wondering what 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 are they doing? What would they do to establish technical uh, sites? In the schools or uh, areas around the city, mm-hmm. that will call that will allow the teenagers and the young people to be able to get some of that knowledge, so that they can be prepared to take care of any uh, uh, tendency for uh, the future. Okay, for the future. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's important. Um, extremely important. So. Uh, technology. And I'm not, you know, I think the mayor has several programs that are out there. And I think technology is included in some of them. But I think what you're saying is what are, what programs are directed specifically to technology? Uh, yes. Uh, it's, uh, I wonder if anyone has contacted the major automobile industry uh, for Chrysler General Motors uh, to Ask them if they would establish in the schools the training programs. Oh, so you're talking about contacting the major uh, automakers, okay. Yes. They're going to need that expertise, and they're going to need the people to be able to deal with the problems that arise uh, out of this new industry that they're, they get, they're embarking on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I wonder if they are partnering with any of uh, industry, any industry around here. I wonder if they're partnering. Right. Yeah. Uh, good. Good question. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, anonymous, go ahead. How are you? Uh, fine. How are you, Tina? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. Good. Um, I was calling. Um, I was calling for one question, and an earlier caller. Um, uh, said something that uh, triggered another uh, second question. So that question was referring to the uh, food deserts um, in the in certain neighborhoods. You know, I just uh, wonder why <laughs> it seems like that's been an issue for so, so, so very long. And I just, you know, I, I don't understand my, my why more, is, I know it's difficult. Been, um, and, and my question is, and this will be for both candidates, because uh, I know i I listened to the show when both of them were on, and I believe I can't remember which candidate it was that it came up with, and it could have been both, but I know mm-hmm. that you know that came up. And I guess to the, my question would be for both of them is, and I understand you know a lot of times it'll come up, especially with the current mayor because he's in that situation about uh, crime being in an in, in, uh, issue with certain you know areas and all that. And I, I understand that. That being said, because I'm I'm of, of the old school, I, I still miss. Cubs foods in the mess. Oh, wasn't Cubs food good? <laughs> Cubs foods good. But my question is for them, just to really think, how would they feel if their local government was offering them a Dollar Tree or Dollar General as an option for groceries? 
How, how would they feel if their local governments offer them the, the saying, well, you know, we were, we're making, uh, you know, we're addressing that issue. But what they're doing is Dollar General, Dollar Tree, uh, uh, Family Dollar. They have those food, uh, those uh, freezers. And they're, that's kind of the alternative. Like, well, here, 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 here you go. Here's something. And because and a lot of those are just seem like little grocery stores. And how would they feel if they were offered that as an option? Yeah. It's a little insulting to me, you know, and I just, you know, they'll talk about the crime, but, well, you have to deal with the crime at those, uh, you know, those places as well. Like the lady said, can we just go have a store we can just walk into? Mm. I know on the east side there, they put that um, new um, store in um, at 38th and Arlington, but, mm-hmm. you know, then they, somebody mentioned Safeway. Well, I try to support Safeways, but those prices, you just you pay quite a bit. You pay quite a bit extra going into some of those. And, you know, so I just, how, just for them to stop and say, how would they feel? You know, because that's when you kind of get into the, that empathy of thinking what other people and with you being, you know, going to be mayor, how would you feel if that was what your government offered you? Yeah. Second, second is um, for the candidate that came runner-up uh, during the uh, primary, which was uh, Robin Shackelford. Robin Shackelford, yeah, Representative yeah. Robin Shackelford. And, and for either one of them, uh, have they thought about or would they think about reaching out to her? Because she came in second. She was, uh, wasn't was really the first African-American. I know years ago, uh, Z May, I think, ran. But, you know, how, how would, do they have any plans or thought about reaching out to her and kind of maybe getting some input, just kind of collaborating or anything with her. Have they, do they have any ideas or plans? Have they even thought about? Well, you know what? I Here's the thing. That's a, that's a double-edged sword because they each represent different parties. And in the primary, well, yes, yeah, she yeah. came in behind Joe Hogsett. She was second behind Joe Hogsett. But also in the primary, Abdul Akeem Shabazz came in second behind um, uh, Jefferson Shreve. So... Yeah. They both wouldn't be interested. I mean, maybe Mayor Hoxett might if he well, wins. Exactly because he and he's at his last. He said he's at this is his last time running. Yeah, he won't so, run again. You know, right. Uh-huh. So I guess would be well. Well, maybe that's your best way to say it. To him. So I guess you're asking if either of them win, would they reach out to the person who came in second to them? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, you know what? After you said that about, because I forgot about Sebastian. You're right, but I, I guess it would be really maybe with Hoxett. More so, I just with Hawk said, up, okay, okay, in, okay. Well, that's good. That's fine. That's a question we for Hawk. We had a lot of African Americans. I know that that had that were out there, you know, um, Any place room, which is a good thing. Uh, but I just, I guess, I'm looking at it because I'm not necessarily. Uh, Hawk said, "Is I liked him. I voted for him. I will mm. again." But I'll also say I was one that that I didn't have anything necessarily wrong with him. I, I was just, from my viewpoint, I was just thinking. I felt as a voter, uh, I felt. That it would be time to have to, to have that you know uh, mm. representation in the city. So I guess I'm I'm coming from it you know looking at that and just, she, and she did come in second. So that was just my um, so there was a, 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 a you know a, a base out there that was looking for that. So just kind of how were they was there any interest or any ideas or um, you know as far as speaking with her? Yeah, yeah. Um... 
Yeah, that that's that, but you know what? Uh, no, that's that. No, I'm just saying. Uh, but that's that's a really good question. Uh, if you uh, are reelected, Mayor Hawk said, do you have any plans of uh, including or reaching out to Representative Robin Shackelford and including her in your new administration? Because even though this is his third time, you know, he, with each mm-hmm. election and with each four years that passed, uh, you know, he. You know, people resign, people move on, new people come in. So, you know, there may, you know, is there a place for her? Is that what you're wondering? Is there a place? Are you going to yeah. reach out to her? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So just on any ideas of sharing, you know, I mean, he wouldn't be running, he wouldn't be running again. I think he would turn up. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, so I, I don't know. I just, this, I, this just crossed my mind. I just yeah. wonder. That's a good question. Very good question. And I will write it down. It certainly gets put on the list. All right, thank you. Okay, thank you. And uh, we have a return caller. You wanted to add to your question regarding food deserts? I did. I was one that asked about the food deserts and spoke about the um, the safe way that the mayor may certain was put in it, put in, and also the Dollar General. Now, when when Shreve was on your show, Tina, he said that. Um, he would do something like a Dollar Tree or something like that in order to get people to have access to groceries. And I feel the same way that the caller does that just called, because those are not full grocery stores. Um, at least what the mayor put up in the Meadows area was a, is a full grocery store. So we need more full grocery stores and i would like to see our tax dollars used for that purpose so i I would like to amend my question to include that it's for tax tax dollars to support full-fledged grocery stores. Yeah, right. th- because those are not grocery stores. They're you know right. they're little they're they're faint you know poor substitutes for grocery stores. So. Right, because they both answered the question on mm-hmm. your show, mm-hmm. um, and the mayor had proof that he attempted it. It just needs to go further. But Shree said what he would do is that Dollar General thing, and that doesn't really help our community. No. It doesn't It doesn't fulfill the needs of the parents and the elderly and those who are sick and need certain foods. Yeah, it, it, it just simply doesn't. And, I mean, I... There has to be a better way to get full-fledged grocery stores into these communities where they're not... Now, they're, they're, you know, there's certainly, you know, challenges... Because uh, if it was easy, it would have been done a while ago. Because folks love to make money, and if there's, a, you know, there's an opportunity to get in there, and make their money, and do it in an efficient, uh, productive way, they would have been there. But you know, there's just all kinds of challenges that the city needs to help mitigate uh, to get these retailers right. back in place. And so, right. yeah, it's certainly something that the city, uh, you know, can do and can help with. So, uh, good point and good question. And I will add that too that we have gotten some very uh, very, very good questions, uh, you know, for the debate stage. And uh, these will be, uh, you know, typed up and forwarded to our debate committee. Thank you so much. Um, we are going to be switching gears just a little bit. I think we got like about 15 questions because uh, some of them were double, double, double questions. So uh, got some pretty good stuff coming up. We're, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to be talking to Alexis Rogers from Wish TV. Uh, and, of course, our sports guy, Danny Bridges uh, with the Indianapolis Recorder. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. WTOCAM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child's Advocates. 
Your voice, their future on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we are back with Community Connection. Your last chance, this show, uh, to win a pair of free tickets to the Circle City Classic. All you have to do is text the word CLASSIC. Text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. 37890 is the number to text the word CLASSIC to. Uh, if you are a winner, you will win two tickets to the Circle City Classic uh, coming up this Saturday. This, what's today? Thursday, day after tomorrow. Yeah, Saturday, Lucas Oil Stadium, 3 o'clock. 37890 is the number to text the word CLASSIC to for your chance to win two free tickets to the Classic football game. It will feature Mississippi Valley State and North Carolina. Central Universities on the field starting at 3 p.m. So uh, there you go. Good luck. Hope you win them. Uh, if not, you can buy them. They're on sale at the box office at the Lucas Oil Stadium box office and Ticketmaster.com. I'd rather win mine. So uh, text your tickets. Go ahead. Text them. Text your number for your tickets. Um, as we were saying uh, earlier at the top of the show, you have come to know her as the co-host of Wish TV's All Indiana and the co-anchor of News 8 at 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. But we also share, sadly, multiple award-winning journalist Alexis Rogers is moving on to further her illustrious career, but not before leaving something behind for young women here in this community. She joins us now. And guess what? She came all the way over here from Wish TV in studio, y'all, in studio, to fill us in on everything that's going on. Alexis, welcome. Thank you for being here. Congratulations. All of the feels, everything. So happy. So happy to have you with us today. Oh, man. This is so cool. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about, I'm so excited that you even allowed us to come. Oh, Thank please, you. please, please. You're part of the community. And what you're about to tell us about is, it, like I said, it's leaving a legacy in the community. But first, tell us tell us about yourself. I hate to yeah, I hate that this is your first time here because you're on your way out. The I know. Door, it's but, like why did we wait this long to party yeah. with one another? Yeah, exactly. Um, you so. know, God's been so good. Uh -huh. I mean, he really has been yeah. so good because, mm -hmm. you know, I came to Indianapolis at Wish in the mm -hmm. middle of the pandemic. I mean, I came in 2020. Oh, wow. Wow. So it was a bit of a different thing. Mm -hmm. Um I grew up in the Chicago area, but I have a lot of family here in Indy. Uh you wow. know that whole great migration yeah. thing from yeah. Mississippi. My my grandparents, my grandfather, half of his siblings stopped here in Indianapolis. The other half went up to <laughs> Chicago. Going, moving, yes. huh? So we would always, you know, we would always come back. I have a, a ton of family here. Uh -huh. And we would also uh, always come back for the Circle City Classic, Black Expo. So it felt like a homecoming Oh, of a yeah. sense, you know, coming from Cincinnati. Cincinnati was great to me. I love mm -hmm. my Cincinnati people. Mm -hmm. um, you worked at WLWT, right? I did at Channel yeah. 5. Yeah, I grew up watching that station. Well, I really, yeah, you know, because I grew up in the uh, Ohio Valley area and, and where my, my hometown was, nobody will know it. But anyway, it's <laughs> <laughs> we we were in a dual market because we were uh, 50 miles from Cincinnati yes. and 35 miles from Louisville. That's right. So, or Louisville, as they call it. So, <laughs> so we grew up watching uh, Louisville. TV and yes. Cincinnati TV. WLWT was one of the bigger ones. So I anyway, love I just, it. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the six degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. like from community to community, because I got my start in Missouri, then I went to Little Rock, Arkansas. That was a bit of a culture shift. <laughs> but let me tell you, if you had been at my wedding, there was like one third of the people that were from Little Rock because I wow. met so many amazing people in my journey in Little Rock. Mm. And I can make you some mean sweet tea, Girl. thanks to the people is it, is in it, Little Rock. Is it sun tea or is it sweet, just regular tea? Listen, you know, we'll, we'll just, all the tea you need, just don't okay. have any diabetes, okay? <laughs> okay I'm just, okay. I don't want to be liable. All okay, right? okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but even from then, I, I was in Cincinnati for about four years, and uh-huh. I, it is crazy to me that I have been here for three years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it because we, as the city, like we've gone mm-hmm. through some shifts and mm-hmm. some turns. You know, some good, some great. Um, and so I'm just I'm thankful, especially what I get to do on All Indiana. I love mm-hmm. being able to do what I get to do on All Indiana. I mean, I get to meet I don't know on average mm-hmm. a week. 20 to 25 new people every single week. Like, that's a gift. A lot of people don't get a chance to do that. Yeah, yeah. What a gift. And so now you are, you're moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so tell us about uh, what's coming up. It's exciting. Uh, Minneapolis. So uh, my husband and I, we are both crazy enough to be in this industry. Okay. So So you're electronic gypsies, are you not? I Listen, (laughs) we will pack a bag fast. Okay. okay? (laughs) Including our dog in it. She just gets in the bag. That's it. What's her name? Uh, Izzy G. Izzy. I love She is a 10 pound cockapoo that swears oh. she's a person okay oh yeah okay. we're all black everything everybody and everything is black in my house <laughs> it's I, all good I love that. <laughs> um so when i first got here reggie was actually at the abc affiliate and reggie's my husband mm-hmm. reggie was at the abc affiliate in cincinnati so he was actually commuting mm-hmm. when i took the job here we had prayed about it we were like you know what wish that's going to be a great opportunity let's go and then he got this amazing call from care 11 in minneapolis the nbc affiliate there and they were like hey we really want you to be our sports director and they had never had a black sports director before like i mean it was we used to study this in in school we both went to university of missouri proud mizzou alum hey hey Mm -hmm. and so we were like you know okay i was getting promoted at the same time i had just gotten promoted to be the evening anchor at wish and we just kind of took a a step out on faith and was like okay you go to minneapolis i will stay here in indianapolis they make planes for a reason Mm -hmm. and for the last two years we've been in a long distance marriage Mm -hmm. Uh, that that is so healthy for a marriage in a lot of ways it really is I'm not saying that jokingly, but I think I think that old saying absence makes the heart grow fonder is is true. It does uh, because you cut through the chase a lot of stuff that really doesn't even matter. You got to get because your time together is going to be you know shorter, so it's more meaningful and mm-hmm. things. So you know you just cut through a lot of stuff. So good for you. Yes. Good so that's you. been two years. Yeah. And then we prayed about it again. We we actually didn't know if Minneapolis was going to be the thing that brought us together mm-hmm. again. Um, and then uh, an opportunity came up for me to not only anchor at the same station he's at, but also be their community relations manager and jump into management. And I'm really excited about that because being a part of the community has always been Mm -hmm. my kind of journalism. Like I've always been people first journalist. But but you know, as well as I do, uh, that, that that management leap is all too important and not done often enough by uh, those uh, or not, you know, not enough opportunities. And so that is fantastic that you're getting into the management side of it. I am so excited. So they have actually never had this position before this. When I just say like things just were moving. And yeah. grooving. So, so you're going to be working at the same station? <laughs> yes, we're about to be co workers. Yeah, you're going to be co workers. Different departments. Different departments in different times. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'll be during the day. I'll get to. And know, sports is at night. As uh, Yes, and he's traveling all the time because he travels with the Vikings and all oh. of that. So he'll still be on planes. Um, it's funny, we went to the airport. He went to the airport, and then I went to the airport here, and mm. both, we know like the TSA schedules uh-huh. like at this point we're calling people by their first names oh my god like, hey ted how you doing what's oh, up normal wow. how wow. you feeling today wow. okay that's how's what the you know that you've been <laughs> that's exactly how it was yeah so yeah. yeah we're excited so i move uh my last day on air is is next thursday cannot believe it but i'm excited though yeah. because i still get to come back and serve yeah um with lisa's girls which we'll talk about and also it's funny dewan mccoy the owner mm-hmm. of of my mm-hmm. station mm-hmm. he's just been such a light he's really been 
been an encourager. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, okay, what's your heart's desire? Mm -hmm. And um, I appreciate that. And he was like, look, we might have some projects coming up. I'm like, oh, you can't get rid of me that fast. So I'm excited. I would not be surprised if, you know, we end up having some projects in in the future. Indeed. And you know what? All of those frequent flyer miles that you and your husband, y'all, man, I was thinking of the miles because you were talking about all the flying. Those are going to be great. But anyway, aside from that, <laughs> uh, so tell us about uh, what's about to launch here, because this is exciting. Uh, Lisa's Girls. So excited. Yeah, I'm so excited about Lisa's Girls. So it actually was birthed out of my Girl Scout Gold Award uh, back Girl, in the you day. Were a Girl Scout? Oh, yes. Okay. I, matter of fact, I taught preschool in Cuernavaca, Mexico with the Scouts of America and the, and the Americas program. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a part of the largest black Girl Scouts program Mm -hmm. in the Chicago area. Funny enough, when I got my gold award, the Obamas were the ones who gave it to us. Oh, my goodness. That's kind of fun, right? You met them? I didn't get... Well, I met him at church, actually. That was back when he was on the the state level. Uh, Right. So, like, that was one of the reasons he wasn't president yet. But... Mm -hmm. um, So, we've been doing this this work for a while. Originally, it was, you know, a leadership program for Christian girls. And then, as I grew, it grew. Mm -hmm. Uh, About five days after I turned 19, I lost my mom. Um, Mm, And that was tough because I've always been very, very close with my mom. Her name is Lisa. Mm -hmm. I'm one of three girls. I'm the oldest. And, you know, I realized that my sisters and I were all, all three of us are different people. Mm -hmm. We all needed different things. And me being 19, I was in this weird spot, right, where I was too old to be a part of the youth programs. Mm -hmm. I was too young to be a part of these young adult programs. And I was a high functioning a person like I was president of this and excelling mm. in that, but there were so many things behind that success that I still needed assistance and help and resources. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that that community wasn't necessarily connectedly out there. So uh, we altered our curriculum a little bit to, mm-hmm. you know, do life skills and leadership. And it, it's evolved since then. Before it was mainly for like high school aged girls that I moved to Arkansas and I realized that it couldn't be a standalone program anymore because I move as a journalist and I hated mm-hmm. leaving my girls behind. We were actually working through the Little Rock Police Department because Mm -hmm. they had an amazing amount of women who really wanted to lead a mentor. So then fast forward to Cincinnati, it became a curriculum. And basically the way we're we're functioning now is that we are 501c3 based here in Indianapolis. This will be our new home. So this is your chartered here. We will be chartered here. Yes, because we're an online community that will be chartered here. So we will have, you know, in-person experiences here. And but we'll be connecting BIPOC girls and women everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we actually start at 10 years old and we go past the age of 47. So we take an intergenerational approach to life skills and leadership and really putting color in the leadership spectrum because we we did research. My my baby sister, the genius of us all. So (laughs) there's me, there's Morgan, the middle, and then Mm -hmm. there's Mia, the baby. You know, the baby's everybody's favorite. Right. She's super smart. And we took the last probably year and a half to do some real good research to try to to um, put real tangible numbers behind what we knew was the problem that we were solving. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. We found amazing things. Like at five years old, as young as five years old, Mm -hmm. girls of color, whether black, brown, yellow, or indifferent, 
they define leadership differently. Like they internalize it differently. Mm. For instance, you know, in our culture, for instance, if you're the oldest, what normally is is your responsibility if you have siblings? Everything. Everything. I mean, hello. You're responsible for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Even but, if you're the second oldest. <laughs> very much so. Yeah, so. yeah. And it's no surprise that okay, we grow up and mm. all of a sudden we are the fastest growing population of entrepreneurs, mm. C-suite executives. Mm. I mean, you know, administrators, mm. management. We just talked about being in management and it's cool that we're seeing more women of color leading in this way but the problem is how do we sustain ourselves in those places especially in environments that aren't exactly built for us to be sustained long term so our thing is is like okay well let's go ahead and and create this community where you can get the support that you need and get back you know sometimes some of the some of the language that's used around young girls um, around the age of five, I, I mean, between the ages of three and five, I heard someone not too long ago uh, refer to a little girl as bossy. Mm-hmm. And yes. I didn't like that because Oof. it's like she's not she's assertive. She's 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 confident. She's sure of herself. And you would not you would not refer to a little boy ages three to five as bossy. No, you would. You, oh, he's all boy. He's a go getter or this or that. And so sometimes we have to think you know, just just make just take one extra step and think before we even say mm-hmm. uh, something about you know to make sure that our our that we pour into our young ladies as as best we can, and and drop some of those old stereotypes behind because they can be harmful. And I, I don't know. I just you know when I saw that I'm like no 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 she's not bossy she's and sometimes we say it and don't even realize and don't realize what we're, we're feeding saying. into mm-hmm. that or even i look at you know i'm i'm 31 now mm-hmm. right i'm still learning mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot oh, all the time child, you're a child listen I, I like to be i in did rooms. 31 years of tv you're a child <laughs> listen and I, look it's because of you that i yeah. get a chance to do what well, i do in the first you. place no, well, i mean okay, my goodness there like are others yeah, there, there. but being able to yeah. connect mm-hmm. knowing that i can reach out to somebody like you mm-hmm. and you might not know me from two left shoes but i guarantee you if i said tina i need to know this 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 and this and you probably be like okay alexis hey this is this is mm-hmm. the game mm-hmm. that's so important and that is generational change mm-hmm. there's so many um women that i talk to i do a lot of workshops in like the we call them age classes in mm-hmm. lisa's girls mm-hmm. so we have this curriculum and it's it's you take it with your age class mm-hmm. so you know if you took it at 14 you could take it again at 18 or, or 35 oh, yeah. because it's not the same lesson um, you know, it's no, no. You know, you you need a little bit different of a situation, uh-huh. and it's it's interesting to me because um, without tangible tools and resources, we don't go far. So so that's what we're doing in Lisa's Girls. So on Sunday for our Defining You Exploration Day, Day of Exploration at the AMP, we are taking all of these amazing resources that Indy has and putting them in the same room. Mm-hmm. All of these amazing women of color that lead, whether they're at the Latino Welding Guild or whether mm-hmm. it's at the Women's Fund of Central Indiana or Girl Scouts. We're putting everybody in the same room and simultaneously everybody will be at their breakouts and then we'll do some stuff together. So that way we're building the community that we need to see. Yeah. And we're even going to have a breakout session for the dads as well. Yeah. So my dad, Big Mike, everybody on, on my show knows my dad is Big Mike because he okay. watches every day and he texts uh-huh. me during the show. Or is he still in Chicago? So in Houston. Oh, he's in Actually, Houston. Actually, that's okay. where he's from. So after my mom passed, he took the girls down to Houston and mm-hmm. he was taking care of his parents as well. Oh, okay. uh, so people are always confused about where I'm from because they're like, now wait. 
state. Mm-hmm. So you said Chicago. I'm like, yes, born and raised. But then you were in Missouri. Yes. And you know a lot about Houston. That too. That okay. too. Okay. <laughs> so, but he's really excited about yeah. about that uh, that breakout group because yeah. it's true. You know, being in a household where we had a single dad, mm-hmm. my dad did the best that he possibly could. Yeah. But there were still things that right. Right. if it wasn't for women in my life and specifically, I, and I unapologetically say this, if it wasn't for black women in my life making me their business, there would be no mm-hmm. Alexis Rogers on Wish TV mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why for me this isn't work. It, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now without them pushing me and being mm-hmm. there and being consistent, mm-hmm. you know? So so what is it that we can, after the, uh, after the launch yes. on Sunday, what can the Indianapolis community uh, start to expect and learn uh, to appreciate regarding Lisa's girls, what yes. can we what can we look forward to? So we can look forward to uh, our online community growing. So mm-hmm. right now we've been fundraising to be able to make sure that we have the platform to sustain all the people that are interested. So mm-hmm. funny enough, we have the opposite problem. We have about like 450 people right now on a waiting list. Oh my! In like six different cities <laughs> who are ready to, you know, do Lisa's girls in this way. Since yeah. we've been doing it, but we're, we changed how we're doing it. And I just didn't want to slap everybody on Zoom. Like, I I wanted, Mm. I care too much about our community to Mm. not have a safe space. And since we changed our ages, um, I have to give a shout out to one of our board members, uh, Tamara Winfrey Harris. If anybody Mm. has ever read Tamara's books, they're amazing. And she did a lot of research that Mm. pointed us towards starting at 10. Because girls, mentally at 10, Mm -hmm. are where most boys are at like 17. And we're like, okay, well, we need to catch them a little earlier. So, you know, we are working on getting different online platforms on our, you know, on our website at Mm -hmm. leasesgirls.com to be able to make sure that it's safe and that people can interact. Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, when you sign up and you're taking this course, I want you to be able to be looking at another girl from Arkansas or Ohio Mm -hmm. and you can, you know, go into a virtual room and chat with her. And so, um, you know, we're going to work towards that. Uh, Eventually I would love our own platform, but until then, you know, things cost actual USD. I'm like, y'all sure y'all don't want this love offering that's in the (laughs) sense of, you know, monopoly money. Um, so yes, you, you can Mm -hmm. expect to be able to sign up and do that. Also our mentorship program. So you can expect to uh, expect to be able to sign up and get a mentor and get mentored because I don't know why people think there's, age on mentoring i don't get that like you can be 40 50 and still have a mentor uh, yeah it, it just may be uh, i i don't know yeah you can be uh and and people do people mm-hmm. do and if you're just joining us um our guest alexis rogers wish tv's alexis rogers uh, talking about uh the uh, the online community that she has founded uh called lisa's girls uh it's it's launching here in indianapolis uh on sunday uh at the amp um alexis is going to be moving on to greener pastures uh unfortunately but we we've still got her for a while with us right here a couple of a few more days um, and so if you would like to speak with her, uh, please feel free. 317-239-1310. I'm impressed that Lisa's girls, and you say this is unapologetically, and, and that's fine. I, I, I like that. Specifically for girls and women of color specifically mm-hmm. and that's unapologetic and I, and I think that that's important to say that you know unapologetically this is who it's for because we can't be everything to all people or what have you and when folks start to say well what about this and what about that it kind of dilutes uh, the, the mission if you will in a sense that pick a lane you know th- this is your lane you know there are other people doing other things and that's good but this is your particular lane 
How did you arrive to to have that that strength and that focus and you know that that strength that this is going to be it, nothing else? Because people do try to pull you in other directions. Absolutely, you know, I think <laughs> I think it came from me being okay with being with myself. And, and understanding who I am, good. you know, good. like That's I'm good. not just a journalist. I'm not just a big sister. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not just a wife. Like I, I am a very proud black woman mm-hmm. and my proudness and my, and my blackness, it comes with some good and it comes with some challenging yeah. and I take it all, yeah. but it's a big part of who I am, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I think that it's a gift. Like I get a chance to get on these folks, television screens and be my unapologetic self <laughs> <laughs> and you know what makes me laugh about that is that when, early on in my career, so many people were like, well, you know, I mean, if, if it's not Betty and Moberly, if she can't understand you, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're not really doing your job. And what I realized is that humans understand humans. Mm-hmm. So everybody has that crazy aunt that they know they're not going to eat her potato salad. OK, so me telling people that on TV, all that's doing is allowing them to be like, you know what? You're right. Because when yeah. Aunt Sally comes by, I mm-hmm. definitely don't. I go right past that plate. It's it's being able to to connect with one another because it's important. But in order to do that, we have to be real about who we are and what we bring to the table. And that's what we really focus on. I mean, it's funny. I was talking to some of our breakout leaders for Sunday because we have, we have black breakout leaders. We have Latina breakout leaders. Mm -hmm. We have a couple South Asian breakout leaders. And as we're talking about our backgrounds and like, you know, family dinners and things that we all do. Right. And all of a sudden we're like, Oh, so that happens with you, too. Huh? Oh, OK, but it's beautiful that yeah. our differences, the things that make us sparkle are mm-hmm. the same things that are propelling us in just mm-hmm. a different way. Mm-hmm. And we got to nurture that. Like, that's a that's a superpower. That's yeah. a gift. You know, best advice you ever had that you want to make sure you never forget to pass along. One of my pastors used to say, it's good to have the opportunity of a lifetime, but you got to strike during the lifetime of the opportunity. Mm, and he said yeah. that I was like, oh, oh, that's good. You just okay. Mm, I like yeah, that. Yeah. And I, I literally wrote it down. I'm that post-it note girl. Like if you go, <laughs> if you go anywhere near me, please don't say that. You talk it, about now. Because, <laughs> do you want to see? Oh my goodness. I mean, I have to have it. Yeah, I have I'm to like, have reminders. Yeah. Do you know what they're I mean? They're in my, they're in my billfold. They're in my purse. They're on my computer. They're yes. everywhere. I probably wear them if I could wear them out. But post-it notes, yeah. Because I have to remember. I yeah. mean, between that and. Um, you know, mm-hmm. everybody always says this quote, but I think it's it's true that people might forget what you said and people might forget mm-hmm. what you've done, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget human interaction, especially after 2020. You know, it was so interesting as we welcomed people back to this, the studio. <laughs> and, you know, you, you second think about everything. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I mean, right. because I'm a, I'm a hugger. Mm-hmm. I am a, you know, and all of a sudden I had to think twice and, mm-hmm. and you get kind of shy you're like oh wait hold on i'm sorry yeah, I, I know you're not I trying know, to you know upset anybody and see you don't want you don't want to offend anyone by mm-hmm. by hugging but then you don't want to offend anyone by not hugging by yes. making <laughs> think that you're standoffish or whatever um yeah you you get into something and it's, it's funny I, I'll, I'll share with our our listeners that uh when you all came i've forgotten you know because when we've done this for so long with covid <laughs> yes. you don't have to dress for radio in no. the first place but i sometimes do but today i had a bunch of boxes to move upstairs and some other things yeah So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have on some tennis shoes and a (laughs) T-shirt and looking most rough. And here comes the beautiful... (laughs) 
the beautiful Alexis Rogers and 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 Renee, of course, the beautiful Renee. And here I am looking <laughs> crazy, but they accept me nevertheless. So I love that. Sure do. But um, uh, but but yeah, it is, and it's it's kind of a it's it's kind of a, a cultural shift. And some of the things that have come about as a result of COVID, I think that they're here to stay. And I, some of it might have been even a double-edged sword, if you will, because mm-hmm. some of the changes were good. They were some of the you know because I think sometimes somehow and we say this a lot, it made us more efficient. Yes, uh, aware it made of us aware of ourselves. It mm-hmm. made us understand that there's a lot of things that we could do that we never thought we could do before. Uh, but then you know on the other hand. Um, it distanced us from from each other, uh, but then on the, on the end, the good of that is that we realize that you do need uh, human contact and human interaction because people that were zooming uh, and getting involved in Zoom calls and things. And if I, I I really don't care for Zoom calls because I have a thing about it. No, no more Zoom. I get uh, it. But uh, but people who had an aversion to that kind of thing. Uh, from the very beginning, embraced it like you would not have believed. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe that this person is zooming and this person is zooming. So, um, so anyway, there's just so many, uh, so many different things. But you are you are heading you're heading out west and uh, up west, kind of west. Uh, and so, what are what are some of the? Do, do you have any? I don't want to say preconceived notions, but any idea of how you want to get started, what you want to do, which, you know, anything like that? Are you just going to be a blank slate and let it? So funny enough, I was always that kid, like color coding is my love language. Like mm-hmm. if you look at my calendar, that mm-hmm. my, that was my husband used to be like, why do we have to have this calendar now? He's like, well, I put it in the calendar because he knows that's how my brain works. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have so many ideas because right now the Twin Cities, because it's Minneapolis and it's St. Paul. You can't forget about St. Paul. Mayor Carter would Twin be so cities, upset. Yes. yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I learned that the hard way with Reggie being up there. But, um, you know, connectivity is is my goal. I want people to authentically connect with not only their communities, but communities that are different than them. You know, we all know our entire world was put upside down by something that happened in the depths of Minneapolis. I, I am not I'm not ignorant to that. And even though it's been some years, it is. Yeah. It is. And, you know, it's interesting when Reggie first started his job there. I mean, there was still a sense of lawlessness Mm -hmm. around. People still weren't necessarily out and about like they normally were. So here it is. You had COVID and you also had this weight of systemic oppression. You had all these things that were happening and all of a sudden being addressed in a way that was in your face. Right. And so how do you connect after that. And I think that, you know, the mm. folks up in the Twin Cities have been doing a really good job of trying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the culture is different. You know, diversity looks different there. Um, there's a huge Somali population there. Uh, there's a huge Hmong population there. Uh, there's actually a really unique Native American. I was going to say Native American population uh-huh. there because yeah. there, there is uh, there's one reservation that I was invited to. I'm really excited to go and, mm-hmm. and, and explore that. But like. All of it is going to be a little bit more new to me than what I have known mm-hmm. diversity to be. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, it's all basically like cousins, you know, right next to each other. Minneapolis and Minnesota has its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my goal. My goal is to push people out of their comfort zones. Yeah. My, my goal is to allow people to see themselves because the gift of all Indiana has shown me mm-hmm. that when people see themselves, really see themselves, 
and people, other people can see them. Mm-hmm. Like that is the best gift I can give to someone. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, and you know this because of your years in TV, we're so sometimes stuck on like, okay, we only have a minute. We only have a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we start to talk to the same people all the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. and now with this, I know that this could be a thing where, we can talk to people that we don't normally talk to. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, but sometimes we just need that person to bridge that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm excited to go to that mm-hmm. station. It's a, it's a legacy station. I know there has not been a ton of people who look like me mm-hmm. in roles like I have at yeah. that station. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to make a change and have fun in it. It's going to be great. And I we couldn't be happier for you. Thank you for all you've done while you were here. Thank you for what you're about to leave us with. I mean, wow, there aren't too many people that leave our community with a legacy like what you're about to do uh, with the online presence of Lisa's Girls. And again, as far as diversity, I'll give you a little bit broken down. um, If you just remember that in its essence, diversity is understanding differences as Mm. opposed to the facade of black, white. If, if, If we could all understand differences, and I think we are so much closer to achieving true diversity mm. than we are just looking looking at what diversity looks like. That's it. Because at its core, diversity is understanding the differences and then managing them and, and working with the people. But um, that's that's just a little bit of, of some because it, it every place you go, diversity is going to look very different. different. It's always going to look uh, different, and so, uh, but there, there's that. But anyway, I am so happy for you. Uh, you got to get your moving together. You got to. When, when do you have to report? Uh, October 9th is my first day. Oh, my day. goodness. You have no time. Like, when I say, listen here. Oh, I, my goodness. When I say it's been boom, boom, boom. I, one, I did not want to leave before the Circle City Classic. Because okay. Because it's, like, one okay. of my favorite things. So, you're going to be in the parade oh, and all this. Oh, you already know. Stuff. Yeah, okay. Acting a complete fool. I told them they need to give me my own boom box because we dancing. Okay. okay. We are dancing. It's a performance parade, so go on out there. And <laughs> you have to. Cut, cut a rug. So, yeah. I figured with uh, with our launch being on Sunday mm-hmm. and then um, getting a chance to, I'm also doing a really cool big project that's mm-hmm. going to air my last week. I'm doing a really in-depth report on Gary, Indiana, and them doing this thing that is reshaping what public safety looks like. And wow. I think that a lot of times people don't tell Gary's story correctly. And so we go oh to my. Gary. What did you just say? You just opened up a can of worms Listen. right there. So we got to do another show <laughs> on that. Because, you know, th- there are people that have bor- been born and raised in Chicago that had never even knew Gary, Indiana existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So Ben, anyway, go ahead. No, I get it. But, you know, I'm so happy yeah. we went up there. And this, this project, I don't want to give too much away, but right. this project now has cities all over the country mm-hmm. looking at Gary as wow. a guiding light Wow! and see that those that's stories, great. those things, that's mm-hmm. why I do what I do. Right. Like it's a privilege. So I'm excited. Well, we, we're glad going you, out with do, the bang. you are. And we are glad you do what you do. Everyone, Alexis Rogers from Wish TV soon to be at what, K-A-R-E? Care 11. Care 11 in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, you know, come back and talk with us soon. Oh, you can't get rid of me. Okay, we won't. We won't try to do that. <laughs> at all, so. I'll be back. We're going to be back. Thank you again and congratulations. We'll be back with more Community Connection. Looking for Danny Bridges from the Indianapolis Recorder to talk sports with us right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we are back with Community Connection. And guess who we have with us? Danny Bridges.
Danny, 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 Danny. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. I haven't talked to you for a minute. Missed you. We got the band back together now, so we're good. Um, I, I'm sure you enjoyed the hiatus when it comes to talking to me. But well, I'm come on back. now. I missed everybody. I'm happy to be back. There yeah. we go. Happy to have you back. So what is going on? Let's jump right into it. Well, um, I have a heavy heart today. I'm driving back to Indianapolis after attending a funeral. And the reason I want to share that with your listeners is, thank you, that the column that I uh, submitted that's in the recorder today Uh is about a gentleman named Marty Clark. Marty uh, was the associate, a associate athletic director at Indiana University. Marty, oh my goodness, I'm telling my age now, right at 30 years. And... He uh, succumbed to brain cancer. Mm. But the uplifting oh, you, thing t- I, you had told me about him before. Yeah, the uplifting yeah. thing I could say, which I hope I touched on in the in the column this week, was uh, his attitude, his resolve, his uh, his commitment to his family, mm-hmm. his faith, uh, IU football. I mean, he was, without question, the quintessential optimist and I remember when he got his diagnosis, he says, boy, it could have been worse. And I thought to myself, my goodness. And he talked about how a lot of people are killed instantly in car crashes mm-hmm. and uh, heart attacks and things of that nature. So that's how he wanted to frame it. So 22 months later, he succumbed to uh, the heinous disease. But uh, mm. I just wanted to give a shout-out uh, to all IU football fans. You lost a great one. and. Today, today, Tom Allen, the current head coach, was there to speak at Marty's funeral. Uh, Bill Sylvester, a former IU coach, was there. Mark Deedle was there. Uh, a lot of good people connected to IU football were there to pay their respects to a great man, a great father, and a remarkable human being. Yeah. I am so sorry uh, to hear it. My condolences to you, Danny, um, Thank on, in the loss of He was a good, good man, long-term friendship, but uh, it was... Uh, I'll simply say the funeral was tailor-made by Marty in terms of the music and the and the uh, presentations. And uh, as much as it's humanly possible, I enjoyed today because it had his uh, his blueprint all over it. But to your point, what else is going on? I think everybody and their brother is talking about concussions oh. and what that means to them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the big story for uh, Colts football fans. Yeah. Um, Anthony Richardson, quarterback, uh, you know, is uh, was diagnosed with a concussion after a hit. Um, he, and he's got to learn to slide. Uh, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that would help him a bit. That would help I, him if he could learn how to, to slide. You have to appreciate what he's done so far with his legs and his feet. And yeah. many people smarter than me have said, including myself, though, that he can beat you with his feet. Mm-hmm. And that's something the Colts haven't had in a long time. And uh, that's something you want to take care of and nurture and uh, harvest, for lack of a better term. And uh, I, uh, I do not believe he's going to clear the protocol this week, and for the obvious reasons. Uh, Center Ryan Kelly is also in the concussion protocol, so it's quite possible they'll have a different guy mm-hmm. snapping the ball to Gardner Minshew this weekend. But I guess I'm going to say this, and it really. It's a bit disrespectful to the Colts medical staff for me to even talk like this, but be smart. And I don't care how long this kid has to sit out. And I say kid because he's a young man. Excuse mm-hmm. me. I do not worry about how long he has to sit out 
What I would worry about would be getting him healthy from a neurological perspective. Mm-hmm. And these are dangerous injuries. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here. He may recover just fine, and I hope that he will, and I expect him to. But you've mm-hmm. got to be careful with this individual. You can't rush the process. Medical clearance is the key. It doesn't matter what the player says. What matters is what the doctors say. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, those concussions are scary. I remember, uh, you know, when my daughter was was back in high school, um, she's cheerleader. And um, she she wasn't a flyer. She was a base, if that makes sense. Uh, but anyway, I mean, she didn't, you know, she didn't get dropped on her head from, you know, being elevated. But long and the short of it was, she still suffered uh, a concussion. And I'm telling you, Danny, those that's scary as, as your brain and as your body is healing. And we did not rush at one. You know, the, the doctor gave no. her extra days. You can't rush those things. No, and I'm not saying the Colts will. I, I believe they'll follow the NFL protocol and then they'll talk with mm-hmm. uh, selected uh, preferred neurosurgeons as well for neurology. Uh, but, you know, to Gee. break it down mm. and, and to, to, to the bare brass tacks, mm-hmm. it's a bruise on your brain. Okay, that's what a concussion is. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't understand that, like I didn't at one time, so be it. But this is uh, a very uh, important time for Anthony Richardson in terms of his uh his health is concerned, so get him back mm-hmm. to where he needs to be, get him on the football field as quickly as possible, but not until the doctors say this young man is ready. Mm-hmm. Not until they say he's ready. And, again, not when he says he's ready because there have been situations, no. as we yeah. know. Um, Players are always going to say they're not hurting. I'm okay. I want to mm-hmm. go back mm-hmm. in. I mean, mm-hmm. they're always going to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, they are. But, and you know what? It's, uh, it's an obligation the NFL has mm-hmm. to – police that and any team that puts a player back into a game who is suffering from the concussion symptoms ought to be fined more money than they could imagine yeah they should be Oh, my goodness. But uh, I tell you what, he was impressive as the Dickens, though, uh, the first part of that game, you know, scoring two touchdowns and uh, just looking razor sharp, right, you know, right off the top. So I think we got something there. Well, uh, one thing you'll give the Colts offensive plan credit for, whether it be the head coach, offensive coordinator, or both, is they are designing plays to get the ball out of his hand quickly when he's throwing the football. And Mm -hmm. despite the fact he's able to run, and despite the fact that the offensive line did play better against Houston, but they should. Houston's a really bad football team. Mm -hmm. But uh, opening day, for that matter, the first game of the season, uh, the design was get the ball out of his hands quickly when he's throwing it. And that doesn't give you a lot of time, perhaps, for things to develop, to check certain reads, to look at coverages at the line of scrimmage, perhaps even audibleize. But mm-hmm. in his case, he's a, he's a quick learner, it appears to be. And I think he understands the advantage of getting that football out of his hand mm-hmm. into a receiver as quickly as possible. And with an offensive line, it's still, in my opinion, that's a big factor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we play who this week? I I didn't look at the schedule. I believe it's the Ravens, not. Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's in Baltimore. You're right. You're right. In Baltimore, right? That is correct. Hmm. What do you think? That's uh, that's a tough challenge for the Colts from a standpoint. Uh, Um, The Ravens will run the football effectively, I feel, against the Colts. They've got a quarterback who is 
without question, one of the premier players in the National Football League, a former MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a handful. They've got some receiver talent. They're not as gifted at the wideout as they would prefer to be. Uh, eventually, mm-hmm. Odell will get back with them, I believe. Mm-hmm. A really tough football game for the Colts. They're always tough when you're on the road in the NFL, but I'll be surprised if they come back with a W on this one. But if they do, that's a sign of uh, more than just progress, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's see. We can hope the <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Gardner Minshew did, did well. He did well. Well, he did exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. I, I, as I told you before, I thought he was going to be the starter this year, mm-hmm. and they would bring Richardson on a little slower and maybe a package of plays, you know, eight, ten plays a game. They might put him in for various types of uh, series where he could get his feet wet, but mm-hmm. they went a different direction with that. But he's a competent backup and uh, an accurate passer, and he showed that uh, uh, when he got in there. And so mm-hmm. I think they're fortunate to have him. I think he will... Uh, manage the game effectively against Baltimore. I don't think he'll if they lose the football game. I don't think he'll be the reason he'll point to. No, no, I don't. I really think don't. So. I no. really don't. No, I don't he think was uh, going to happen that way. But he was quite steady. That's why they play him to prove yeah. me wrong. No, he was he was quite steady. It was uh, it was it was interesting. Any surprises so far uh, in the league? Uh, two games in. Any surprises? Well, so far? I I thought opening night. Detroit going into Kansas City was a gritty win for them. They're an improved football team. They played well last year. But when you look at that situation with two, the best defensive player on the Kansas City Chiefs not playing, their best receiver, in my opinion, is still Travis Kelsey, even though he's not as quick as their other receivers. He's dependable. He runs routes well, and he is the preferred option Mm -hmm. for Patrick Mahomes. That game surprised me a bit that they went in there and won that football game on the road. But uh, it didn't surprise me that he gave him a good ball game. I thought they would have a chance to do that. But to win that game on uh, opening day in the NFL on national TV, that that was an eyebrow raiser. I think it shows that Detroit is legitimate and they've got a chance to win their division this year. When's the last time you talked about the Lions winning the division? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Back in high school, probably. It's been a minute. <laughs> I will Back leave it. high there. school. Not, for the record, that was late 70s. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But, no, I, I mean – the NFL is, uh, you know, the, the injury to Aaron Rodgers has turned things upside down for the Jets. I was never one who felt that they were bound for the promised land Super Bowl uh, for sure with him, even though I thought that made them a contender uh, to win the AFC. I wasn't convinced that that was going to bring a Super Bowl championship back to town. But that's a big story, or the big story, actually, of uh, the young NFL season. Uh, it's, it shows the value of a backup quarterback. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, getting back to Minshew, I, the Colts are very fortunate to have him. It's a very smart pickup in the offseason for them. And uh, I think the guy can manage the football game against Baltimore, whereas if the Colts can hold their own in terms of the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage, not necessarily control it, but hold their own, Keep protect the middle yeah. of the field mm-hmm. as well, they've got a puncher's chance. I still like the Ravens to win the ball game. But uh, wouldn't it be something if the Colts went into Baltimore with Gardner Minshew at quarterback <laughs> and came out victorious? That would be the big story of the season so far. Yeah, yeah, um, that would be huge. That would be absolutely huge. Um, Don't dismiss it in its entirety. It's I, again, it's not going to come down to his play. He's going to 
he's going to play solid football. He's going to he knows he knows what not to do. Mm-hmm. He knows when to uh, he how to avoid a sack and get down. How to slide. How to throw the ball away rather than be sacked. He's a pretty smart guy. And uh, again, I can't say enough good things about the Colts and the offseason picking that guy up. But obviously, their new coach brought him to town. You know, they were together in Philadelphia last year. But uh, hey, look, Colts fans are hungry for wins. And uh, if they play solid football and come away with a moral victory, that's probably good enough for this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moral victory is good enough. I, you know, I, I've really uh, been enjoying watching the Colts play so far this year because I don't have any expectations, and and that's not a negative thing. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying uh, it, it's been enjoyable because you know everything they do. Hey, that's good. You know, that's going to be even better. That's good. So yeah, moral victories are good too. I'm I'm happy with those. Now there was a well, time when moral victories used to tick me off. Certainly deserve more than that. They've been loyal. Uh, there were mm-hmm. right at 60,000 people at Lucas Oil Stadium on opening day. Mm-hmm. And the Colts give the Jaguars all they could handle for about three, three and a half quarters. But in reality, they weren't able to get the victory. Now, I will say this, that moral victories are not something that you would substantiate your your franchise with or your fan base for that matter so it's going to have to be more than that long term obviously but expectations this year should be tempered a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. a new coach uh, some new systems so uh, just be patient Colt Nation is all I can say yeah but and I'm I'm enjoying my patience never are patient they're never patient well I've, I've got more patience this year than I've had in a long time that's why I said gonna... what, what about the other 59,999 people that were at Lucas Oil Stadium <laughs> on opening day. You had patience. They didn't, and they won't for long. No, they, they won't for long. But I, I'm like you. I hope and, and, and pray yeah, that I they keep him out. They're smarter than I give them credit for. Mm-hmm. But I think they also know from that degree of uh, football acumen, for a lack of a better term, that mm-hmm. uh, they know what's out there. They know what they can see. And, uh, you know, when it's not good, they see that too. So, but uh, let's get Richardson back as quickly as possible within the protocol, within the parameters of mm-hmm. good neurological health, and see what happens. But mm-hmm. uh, the young man has uh, taken some hits so far, and I uh, I kind of grimaced when I saw that one on Sunday, but I thought to myself, I don't know how you change a player who is always going to play mm-hmm. somewhat recklessly. Mm-hmm. I, 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 he doesn't strike me as reckless, but I, I think he's determined. I mean, I think there's a difference. There's, I've seen. Some... Well, I, I'll, I'll give you that, but he didn't have to take the hit he took in Houston. No, he did not. Clearly avoidable. That's true. That's true. That's true. Clearly so. avoidable. Yep, indeed. But in uh, any event. So what else, Danny? Anything else before we? How, how close are you to home? Well, I tell you what, I'm bailing off here right now because it looks like 465 is the parking lot. I'm going to take. 70 over to Keystone and go up that way. Maybe stop by one of my favorite hole in the wall diners that while I'm at it because you know I would like to eat. You gotta get but, you a uh, cheeseburger. You know, this time of day, hopefully they still have some breakfast cooking. I wouldn't mind a little pancake today, but no. Uh, mm, okay. I think I think the NFL is uh, probably what most fans need at this time of year. You know, they are the big mm-hmm. gorilla in the room as far as television is concerned much to my chagrin. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know what? It it all works out in the end. And uh, I think the usual suspects are going to be people that we keep an eye on. I think obviously Kansas City 
I mean, I'm worried about the Bengals. If I'm a Bengals fan, their quarterback, you know, how how injured is that calf, and how well does it get when you keep running that guy out there instead of sitting him down? Mm. Joe Burrow is a franchise quarterback, which is why you gave him a mountain of money recently. So let him get well. But uh, it all revolves around quarterback play. Yeah, you have to have a good defense. Your secondary mm-hmm. has to bring it as well, and you got you need an edge rusher. But um, it's interesting. The thing we're not talking about right now with the Colts is Jonathan Taylor. That has become a non-story. I think he's chopping at the bit to get on the field again. I think he wants to show people, hey, I can football, and I'm out here, and I don't want to be in Indianapolis anymore. And uh, I still think he'll be traded by October 31st. It's the reasonable you think so? thing to do. I, I think so. Mm. Unless he just comes back barnstorming it and runs for all kind of yards and uh, has a huge impact on his team. But uh, he's got to do what's best for him. Uh, okay. And at this point in his career, from a financial perspective, I think his representation could use uh, some pedigree as well. But the bottom line is this guy is still capable, I believe, of making a difference for someone. And somebody's going to pick up a player, I think, at the trading deadline that can help them perhaps get into the playoffs or get further into the playoffs than they thought they would originally. Yeah. Danny, thank you very much. I'm glad you made it back safely. And again, our most sincere condolences to you. Well, um, thank you. Marty Clark was a mountain of a man, a yeah. gentleman, and uh, we had some great times together. I can't tell the stories on the air because the FCC would get involved, but let me tell you this. Uh, I'll miss him, and uh, you know, there's all different types of thoughts about faith. I sure hope I see Marty Clark again someday. Indeed. Danny, we'll talk with you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we'll be back with more Community Connection, not right now, but tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's all the time we have for right now. Uh, please, everyone, stay safe and stay well. Until then, we will talk with you again tomorrow. I'm Tina Cosby, and this is Community Connection. Community Connection.